Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer, author, and software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. Complete Developer Podcast is supported by listeners like you. We are now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Complete Developer Podcast. Everyone has habits, behaviors they do on a regular daily basis. These habits are either moving you toward your goals and success, or they're holding you back from them. In this episode, we look at seven habits of unsuccessful people, or basically seven things that you are doing that are holding you back from being more successful. But before we get started, Will, what's been holding you back this week? You know, before the episode, I asked whether Dookie is spelled with a Y or an IE because I wanted to be all professional. So if you look at the show notes, you'll see why. Uh, Basically, Evernote is Dookie. I keep having problems with it on my tablet, like where it won't open up. And I have Mm -hmm. to completely uninstall, reinstall, then tell it to download certain folders, the device. It chews up a bunch of time and they do an update and it it screws me over. So it, it happened this weekend while I was at my parents' house. And I was like, all right, I'm backing up my data out of here so that I can get to it. You know, like if I'm in a hurry, I, I don't have time to do that. Yeah. And then I found out that the export functionality, they downgraded it. It only exports in their precious proprietary XML format that you can't read in anything else unless you just want to open it up and look at XML. And it ticked me off. And I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write something that parses this and turns it into Markdown and I'm done. Then I found that somebody else had also gotten very ticked about it and they already had a completed thing on GitHub. So I just used theirs. So just a fair warning, if you are still using Evernote, you probably just need to evacuate at this point because their, their stuff just keeps getting more unstable. And, you know, they, they seem to want to push new features uh, without, you know, making sure that they're not breaking installers, those kind of things. And so it updates. And then when you open it in Android, it just immediately closes and you have to do a complete uninstall and reinstall to get it back, which is pretty obnoxious. So yeah, I canceled the account yesterday. I got all my stuff out and they're gone. They're off my boxes. It kind of makes you wonder if, you know, they're going, hey, we don't want to do this anymore. So we're going to make it so miserable that everybody leaves so we can just stop doing this now. Yeah, or I mean, I think it's because it's a complex product and they added stuff to it over time. And it just, it you know, instead of being a note-taking app like it was when I started with it, you could tag stuff and you could do a whole bunch of things that were really neat and helpful. And then they're like, oh, we're going to make it where you scan business cards. Oh, we're going to do all these other, you know, we're going to have integrated scanners and all, just over the top document management stuff. And they broke their core system. Yeah, that so, happens. It's obnoxious, but it does happen. Yeah. So speaking of broken core systems, how was your week? Well, my motorcycle broke down on Monday night. So uh, I rode it out after work to uh to a thing and it was fine get there I'm riding back i'm probably like three miles from home and start sputtering i just filled the tank up like I, you know i know it needs like it definitely needs an oil change but i wouldn't think that would be causing this issue like if i can just like just get it home you know i can you know i can start working on it I I get maybe a quarter of a mile from my road and it just completely dies. So thankfully, it was mostly downhill. 
So I coasted to the church at the end of the road and then uh, got about halfway up the embankment going like, you know, going into the parking lot when I lost all my momentum and I had to like walk it up the rest of the way. But uh, yeah, I got it. I got it most of the way into the parking lot before that happened. So that was, that was nice. Then I just called some friends and they came and picked me up and I left the bike there. I got another friend who's coming out to, Tomorrow, who's going to help me move it back over to the house? Talked to my pastor, who uh, has a similar bike to mine and knows a lot more about uh, vehicles than I do. He was asking me what I thought it was. I was like, I think it's the alternator, and I kind of gave him the symptoms and my reasoning. He's like, Yeah, it sounds about right. So looks like I'm going to be replacing the alternator in this bike, which would be fun. I've not replaced an alternator in a motorcycle before, so. I get to get to try something new because I just don't want to pay someone else to do it. But I'm like, you know, I can do this. I can figure it out. So I'm all about when when it's mechanical parts on something that I'm depending on not falling apart while I'm going down the road. I'll pay somebody else to do that. Oh, uh, this is like I said, this is an alternator. So yeah, I just don't know that I'm going to put everything else back together right. I feel like every time I've had to do something like that, I end up with like three or four screws and some other piece missing and I'm like, where did these even come from? Oh yeah. I'm not like that. Yeah. That it just doesn't, it's just not my jam. I mean, I'm okay at it, I guess, but I no, I'm, I'm pretty good at at mechanical stuff. I just don't know, but I've got a good sort of like intuition for it. So, but yeah, anyway, that's actually where this episode came from. I had another episode in mind that I will eventually write. That I was going to work on Monday night. But then I ended up spending a couple hours waiting on, you know, a ride and all that stuff. I did not have time when I got home to write that. So, yeah, I guess you couldn't really walk home in riding boots. Well, I mean, I, I could have, but it was still two and a half miles away from home. So it was still faster. So you could have run it. I could have run it. I would not <laughs> want to run it because I had already run that day. But yeah, yeah, I could have run it. You're right. That is true. That is true. I could, I could have run that. That would have been a much more epic story. You run home, then you run over and get an alternator and you run back, you know, light a bonfire in the church parking lot so you got enough light, place the alternator, just leave. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, no, no. Hey, um, do it for the podcast, man. It's good storytelling. Do it, do it for the podcast. Okay, okay. I can just tell the story. I don't have to actually do it, you know. Right. It's what storytellers do. But uh, yeah, yeah, no. So uh this uh, this episode actually came from I listened to a motivation podcast. Speaking of running, our podcast, a motivational playlist when I run, and uh, one of them is things that successful people don't do. So that that's what led to this. That and you know, having read the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, it's sort of like a play on that. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I really need to stop saying that. I said that last night it's, uh, when I was speaking, and that's just it bad. All right. Saving money is hard, especially when you take my advice on mechanical issues. True. Lucas Casadas is a fee-only certified financial planner. He owns and runs Level Up Financial Planning virtually out of Fort Collins, Colorado. And just like us here at Complete Developer podcast, he focuses on helping you to not only establish a real plan for what your finances need to look like, but to take action on that plan so that you can create your best life. Guys, investing in financial planning services really comes down to whether or not you can improve your finances. 
with the help of Level Up, the compounding impact of making better financial decisions will easily pay for itself. And speaking of paying for itself, Level Up has a unique pricing model that will help you no matter where you are in your financial journey. Best of all, Lucas is a fiduciary for his clients. What that means is he's not here to sell you a product, but to guide you to a better financial solution. And you can catch his podcast, Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp, where he covers financial topics that you probably face. And he also interviews other IT professionals who share how they navigated their own careers. And there's even more stuff at levelupfinancialplanning.com. Most people see those who are successful as having learned what it takes to be successful. While it does take a lot of hard work and doing the right things to be successful, there are several things that can hold you back from reaching your goals and being successful. These bad habits need to be stopped and replaced before you can really start moving toward your goals. The idea here is based on Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That looks at the habits and behaviors of effective, successful people and how they can be replicated. This take on the seven habits are the ones that you don't want, however. These are the habits that you want to break, is basically what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, in this episode, we're going to talk about seven habits that prevent you from being successful. We'll describe each one and then discuss how you can break that habit to move into success. Then, in the aftercast, we'll actually discuss Covey's seven habits of highly effective people. So the first habit that you need to break is caring what others think. And basically the idea here is you don't waste time trying to live for other people. Now that doesn't mean that you completely ignore what other people think. It just, you know, like I always have to explain that to people because they go, Oh, don't care what other people think. So just be a jerk. It's like, no, you take into account what other people think. It's just, you don't, you don't let what other people think destroy your life. Well, yeah, and that's that's a, a big thing here is you don't let them be jerks to you either. So it, the idea is you don't let them run your life, but you don't run over other people and you care about how their lives, like about their lives and what they're doing to affect them, but you don't let their ideas affect you. You, know, you want to ignore what others have to say the only person you can be is you. And so when people tell you how to try, you know, what they think about how you should do something or how you should live your life, yeah, that's really irrelevant. And unless it's like, oh, hey, you know, and, and again, this is if you're seeking advice for something or if they're guiding you in how to live a particular life, it's like, oh, hey, here's here's what works. Here's what, I found to be successful. That's different from, you know, oh, you should be doing this. Like, uh, I do remember when I first got started in uh, software development, when I was learning, do you remember my mom was like, you don't need to be wasting your time on those computers. You need to, yeah, like go out and get a real job. Like, get a sales job. Yeah. I'm like, I've got a sales job and yeah. it doesn't pay. This me. is why I'm motivated now. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing with advice like that is you, you look at the advice and you go, you don't completely discard it. You just go, how can I test this? Yeah. Right. And see if it's good advice or garbage advice, because sometimes people will give you really, really good advice unsolicited that actually does make sense, but it's probably one time out of a thousand. 
And so you go, hey, how can I test it? And if somebody's saying this and they have a perception that this advice is good advice, why do they have that perception? Like if you take it as a thing that you want to kind of work, you know, chew on a little bit and get something out of it, maybe not what they tried to give you, that's okay too. Yeah. It's just you don't you don't take directions from them. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you remember when we started the podcast? We had several people that were just like, you, you're never, never going to get anywhere. You know, you guys will probably quit after, you know, what, six or eight episodes. You know, you won't get much circulation. It's like, we're still here seven years later. Yeah. And yeah, th- their advice sucked. It had no relevance to anything. So uh, the main point here is that constructive criticism will help you to grow, but you can't internalize other people's fear or their doubts or, or, or their optimism either in a lot of cases. So the next habit that you have to break is saying yes to everything. And this is one of those where I, uh, I point to myself on it because I'm really bad about this. Some people don't want to disappoint, don't want to risk losing a relationship, whether it be a friendship, mentor, colleague, whatever by turning down a request. And they have a legitimate fear. They actually fear losing that if they say no. And, you know, this kind of comes down to, you know, people's relative fear of abandonment in a a lot of respects. But what you have to realize is that if you cannot say no, uh, what ends up happening is, is you're just completely buried in stress and it's usually stress over stuff that you don't care that much about anyway, which doubles it, right? Because it's like, Oh, I've got to do this thing that I hate. And, and here we are. So, yeah. Now to, to get over this, what you want to look at is like outside of your normally assigned workload, only take on tasks or projects that you're sure you want to do. And I know I do a lot of stuff. I get to do a lot of stuff because there's a lot of things I want to do. I can't do all of the things I want to do because there is literally not enough time in the day right. to do all the things that I want to do. Yeah. And you only get about 30,000 days. Yeah. So I, I, I have to be selective of what I choose to do and do the ones that I want to do the most. But I, I do. I have to watch what I say yes and what I say no to. Yeah. And, and the work thing is especially pernicious, right? Where your boss is like, oh, we need to do this thing. And, you know, it's going to be after hours and we're not going to pay you any extra. And you'll get like that, that same sort of thing in a lot of, you know, you'll get that in friendships, you'll get it at different groups you're in, you'll get it from family. But work seems to be the worst one for a lot of people because you feel like, hey, everything in my life is going to get disrupted because they can fire me if I don't do this. But we all have to start pushing back. And I think, I think that's kind of happened with the post-COVID world as people have realized, hey, you know, like I can still get my job done in way less than 40 hours a week if nobody's wasting my time. Yeah. So it's, it, we've had a definite sea, sea change there. I will also say that saying yes to one thing is saying no to something else. You're, you're simply not going to be here forever. Uh, your time on this planet is finite and you have to choose how you're going to spend it. Uh, if you don't, other people will choose it for you. Yeah. And that that's something that, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about lately about how, you know, so many people are like, you know, precious resources and people are like, oh, well, money is a precious resource. I'm like, not really. Like, it, there's, there's always going to be more ways to get money. You can't right. get more time. Time is a true resource that once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah, I think... Uh... 
I think the issue with money is that when you're broke, you have to look for it. Like you gotta, you gotta find ways to get it so that you can take care of your living expenses. The thing is you come to a point where you're comfortable and the money isn't the only thing. And if it, if it becomes the only thing, what you end up doing is spending it on stuff you don't care about anyway. Well, and and that's, that's just the thing. Even uh, I've just have looked back at my life. I'm like, even before money was never like when I didn't have it, it wasn't a big thing because spending time with people, the way I spend my time was always more important. I did trade time for money. That's called working. But yeah, it's just like, Never understood that because there, but there are there are people who that is like their primary focus. Yeah, well, I mean there there is some degree of stuff that you do have to deal with with money, right? Like for instance, my daughter is going to college in four years, and that's a lot of money, and it's got to come from somewhere. So I still have to keep it in mind without it being the only thing that you do. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that money is not important. What I'm saying is money is not a finite resource. Yeah, well, and it's a means to an end. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. I think that's the other other real issue there is like going. Oh, if I have if I have a million dollars, I can do X, whatever X is. And you're like, well, could you figure out a way to do it for a hundred thousand? Because if you can, that's a lot more achievable, and you don't have to throw away your whole life for that that money potentially. Or could you figure out how to do it for free? Would be even better. Yeah, by saying no to less important things, you allow yourself to have more time for the ones that are important to you. Yeah. Of course, the key there is knowing what's actually important to you. Yeah, that is true. And weighting things appropriately. So the next negative belief or negative habit, bad habit. habit. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of both really, you know, like it's, it's like belief is a habit of the mind. Yeah. Is believing that things aren't possible. So, you know, if something's been done before, you probably can do it with enough work and effort. Yeah, there's an entire track on that uh, that motivation playlist that is just about this one point. Yeah, I mean, there was a dude that ran the, was it a four-minute mile? I'm trying to remember. It was like in the 50s. Yeah. And they're like, oh, nobody will ever be able to do it. And then dude bro does it. And then somebody else does it like six months later. And then there's mm-hmm. a floodgate opening of people doing it. Yeah. Like, Three minute mile or four minute? I can't remember. Probably four minute. I don't because, run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably, probably four minute. That's pretty fast. Uh, couldn't, couldn't quite imagine three minute mile. I'm like a quarter that's of a, a mile at three yeah, minutes. That's, that's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty insane. I mean, you know, we we like to challenge people here at Complete Developer Podcast, and we'll give you a buck fifty if you run a three minute mile. I mean, it's it's not that bad, right? It's just, I mean, it's just. 1,760 feet in a minute, which is, I mean, you're only going 29 feet a second. I mean, not that fast. You'll be fine. I mean, it's, it's all, all you got to do it is for three minutes. You just got to maintain yeah. that pace for three I'll minutes. I'll totally, like you pull it off and you break that record. I'll give you a buck 50. You can go buy a Coke because you're going to need it. Can you buy a Coke for that much? I'm sure. Well, if, if you can run, if you can run a mile in three minutes, you can steal one and get away. <laughs> Yes, you would go there. All right. So kind of the corollary to that is if it hasn't been done before, then you can find a way to get it done. Yeah. And it may be looking at it a different way. Yeah. This is something that Will and I have have gotten really good about. We were already good at before the podcast, but 
the podcast has really forced us to develop this skill because there's a lot of stuff that we're like, oh, we don't know anyone who's done this before. We've developed friends who have at this point, but when we got started, we didn't know anybody who was a podcaster. And so we we just did it all, went through it. We've done other things too. Like I know, like in our personal lives, it's like, oh, we don't know anybody, nobody, like we've got no examples to go on. I mean, we do this all the time in software development though. Yeah. Like how yeah. often, how often do you have a problem and you go to Stack Overflow and and there's that one guy with a problem like six years ago and you start like trying to track his username down on Reddit to see if you can contact him. What's what's the guy who 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 posts on Stack Overflow all the time? I know who you're talking about, yeah. Uh, uh, who answers all those questions? Oh, I can't remember. But yeah, he hasn't gotten to that one yet. Basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah, um, John Skeet. that John Skeet. Yes. So you go to Stack Overflow. John Skeet hadn't seen it yet, so he hadn't answered it. And you're like, uh, what do I do? I, I feel like sometimes I wonder if if he's like a really really smart AI. With like a really slow internet connection, just how how well he solves problems, <laughs> but he you know but he can't get all of them, which you know we don't expect that, but yeah. But you know when it comes to your goals, impossible and no should not be in your vocabulary. And what this typically is going to mean, by the way, is not being uh, fixed on the way that you look at achieving those goals. So like one of the things that really helped the Wright brothers out was they were able to iterate quickly. Right. They weren't like, oh, an aircraft does this and we're going to make it this way because nobody had one. So they had to try out a whole bunch of things and they didn't accept no as an answer. They just made it where they could iterate quicker. And that's what you're going to have to do. Yeah, you have to start to see no and impossible as the start of negotiations in your career in business. Except for when it comes to consent because no means no. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that is not what we're talking about here. That is not up for negotiation in that in that context. Yeah, it's it's really it's really it really sucks that we have to say that, you know, because it's does suck that we have to say that in this world. But yeah, no, I want to I want to make that explicitly clear. That is not what we're talking about. But we're talking about in business negotiations. Yeah, well, and and when impossible or no comes up, that also indicates that it's a very valuable problem to solve. Because if you can do it and other people can't. You just cross the moat. You're in the castle. Yeah. So guys, if you're a software engineer, you've been there. It's 9 p.m. You're finally unwinding from work. Your phone buzzes with an alert. Something's broken. And your mind is already racing. What could be wrong? Is it the server? Is it the network? Is it back end or front end? Do we have slow running queries? You don't know. Now the whole team scrambling from tool to tool, messaging person after person to find and fix the issue. That won't happen if you get New Relic. New Relic combines 16 different monitoring products that you normally would buy separately. So engineering teams can see across their entire software stack in one place. More importantly, you can pinpoint issues down to the line of code so you know exactly why the problem happened and can resolve it quickly. That's why the dev and ops teams at companies like DoorDash, GitHub, Epic Games, and more than 14,000 other companies use New Relic to debug and improve their software. 
Whether you run a cloud-native startup or a Fortune 500 company, it takes just five minutes to set up New Relic in your environment. That next 9 p.m. phone call is just waiting to happen. Get New Relic before it does. And you can get access to the whole New Relic platform and 100 gigabytes of data free forever. No credit card required. Sign up at newrelic.com slash CDP. That's N-E-W-R-E-L-I-C dot com slash CDP. Newrelic.com slash CDP. So the next habit that uh, we're going to discuss is also sort of a feeling belief. It's uh, feeling trapped by your circumstances. Everyone has to start somewhere at some point. On a lot of times, most of the time, that is from the ground up. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at how, how we all arrived here, <laughs> you know, naked and screaming. <laughs> like, you know, that's that's basically as bad as it's, you know, going to start, right? And what this actually means is you you may have to go, okay, yeah, my position right now stinks and I'm going to take on a temporary position until something better presents itself. I've done this several times in my career. I've taken on jobs that I absolutely hated because it was a bad time in the market and, you know, my skills weren't, you know, they were a little bit rusty and this is what was available and, you know, food had to get bought. So take on a bad job and you, you hang on until you're on the other side of it. Well, that's like what we were talking about earlier. I, um, when I was learning to code, I still needed to pay the bills. So, I took on sales jobs, which were, you know, I've got the personality for it. It's just, it's being on all the time. You know, that's, that's my issue with sales. I can do it. I can be on, but it's, you have to be on constantly. And that was just wearing me out. But uh, yeah, I, I did it until I could get a job as a software developer. Yeah. So, and, you know, this kind of, it's it's interesting, you know, considering your case, because you're actually a pretty common case in some respects. I mean, less than 27% of people work in a field related to their college major. Of course, you've had a variety of <laughs> college experiences at this point, but uh, yeah, I know, mean, even so, it's not, well, of course, now I guess with, with the master's stuff, you do have some of that. So, yeah, I mean, I, it's, my my college experience is not normal, so... Guys, there are a lot of different paths and options uh, along those paths to get to where you want to be. There's not one direct line unless, well, you know what? Even to become a physician, there's, there's more than one way to get there. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, the, the, the notion that there is one direct line, it's like a really crappy fantasy novel, like where you're the chosen one and you're just going to go do the thing. Like if it's a good novel, there's, there's bumps and speed bumps and you've got to work around stuff that, I mean, there, there's a reason we like that is that's actually the story of our lives. Yeah. Also, just because you had a goal doesn't mean that it can't change. I mean, we talk about this all the time in our, our goal setting stuff, especially at the end of the year. Y'all remember a few years ago, my truck got stolen and mid year we reset our goals because Will had had some stuff going on that year too, that had changed his goals. And we did. We reevaluated our goals. Right now, Will does the, what was it, 13 week? Uh, 12 week year. 12 week year. Yeah. Yeah. So you have 12 weeks on and then one week that's like a planning slash uh, deloading kind of. 
Yeah. So that's uh, that's very interesting, and I, I'm probably going to start doing that next year just because I really like the concept. Yeah. It, it, it puts the pressure on you and you're not committed to, like if you make a goal, it has to be for that 12 weeks. And so when it's done, you decide whether you're going to continue on that course of action or you're going to do something else. So you're mm-hmm. not stuck with a goal. And, yeah. and so you don't get into those thought patterns that, that really lock you in. I like that. I like it a lot. So the next thing that you need to stop doing is waiting on other people to give you an opportunity. This was something that was really hard for me to learn. You know, because I thought that, okay, if I just, if I just work hard, right, I, I'll go into an office and I'll work hard and I'll get a pay raise and I'll get promoted. And that didn't happen. What has happened uh, in a number of cases, you know, since I kind of started really figuring this out is you start doing the job that you're trying to get into and then you'll become that thing. But like, nobody's going to walk out there and go, oh, I think you should be a manager when you're showing no managerial characteristics. Yeah. Talked about that in my uh, leadership talk, which uh, was basically our April first episode. So, <laughs> right, um, yeah, no, that that makes perfect sense. Um, you really want to act on every opportunity that comes your way, and that's going to lead you toward your goals. That's the trick. It, it it's got to be leading you toward your goals. Just because it's an opportunity doesn't mean that it's the right one if it's not moving you toward what you want. Right. And and this, by the way, matches with the stuff earlier about not always saying yes, because you can't say yes to an opportunity that comes up real quick if you're completely booked. That's true. I had some wonderful opportunities that I had to let slide by back when I used to say yes to everything. And man, yeah, what a what a horrific thing. You also don't want to wait on opportunity to present itself or come knocking. Right. So you don't just sit there and go, okay, well, you know, someday somebody's going to notice me. Like you have to get out in front of things mm-hmm. and essentially increase the surface area of your luck. Yeah. Most of the best opportunities, they don't look like opportunities at first. Right. Well, otherwise, otherwise somebody else would have gotten it. Yeah. Well, typically what they look like is some difficulty or some problem that you'd want to avoid. And it's only by not avoiding it that you see the opportunity within that. Yeah. The obstacle's the way. Yeah. That's another good book, by the way. <laughs> we all are just like, we need to get it like a reading list together, actually. For We should. But. We should. So the, the next bad habit is fearing going backward. Um, as we said, you know, your career trajectory is not going to be a straight line. Success is not linear. A lot of times we see successful people and we see, hey, they started here and they ended up here and that's it. We don't see that, you know, they started here, they made some progress and then they went back further than where they started from and then they came forward a little bit more and like there's this, like it is not a straight line. Not not in the least. And you have to get over your fear of, of falling backward because it will keep you from going forward. Um, and one of the ways it really helps with this, by the way, is something that was recommended by Seneca. It's practicing poverty, like actually sit down and go, all right, I'm going to live like I make 200 bucks a week this week, or that I have, you know, some small amount of money compared to what I would normally have available. And I'm just going to see if I can live on it. And how bad is that? Right. If you're scared and you go do this, this will get rid of the fear 
to a large degree because you'll be like, no, I'm, I'm all right. You know, I'm yeah. not, I'm not nearly as screwed as I thought it was. It's probably not going to be comfortable. Oh no, definitely not. But, but that doesn't, it's not supposed to be comfortable. Right. It's, can I adapt? Yeah. I, I kind of stuck my foot in my mouth one time, not too long ago at work. And you know, that fear of, oh man, uh, it's a new job. I'm technically on probation. Oh, I hope they don't let me go. What am I going to do if they do that? And then it occurred to me, I was like, well, I mean, I've had my entire life fall apart before. I made it through. I switched careers. If I if I had to, if I like suddenly computers were no longer in existence and I had to find something to do, I could. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I can make it work. So things not working out is part of the process of growth and learning. That's just normal. That's what's going to happen. And just because your career path doesn't go as planned doesn't mean that you failed. Well, I mean, this is something we we like to tell junior to mid-level developers. It's like, you're going to do stupid stuff when you're a mid-level developer, right? Like you've gotten past the lack of confidence of a junior and you have most of the confidence of a senior, but you don't have the experience yet. Well, guess how you get the experience? Mostly by stepping on rakes. Making mistakes. Yeah, like it just, you do something and later you're like, man, that was dumb. It's like, yeah, it was dumb, but you didn't know. And you you can't internalize it until you get smacked by it. And, and it's okay. Like this is something that everybody literally does. I, I did some monstrously destructive things when I was a mid-level developer. Mostly by over-abstracting, by the way, which is why I rail on that so much. Yeah, um, I've noticed just talking to other senior and lead developers that the things that their their little pet peeves are the things that the mistakes that they made. Yep. So yeah, I've I've started to kind of notice it in myself too a little bit. But yeah, I'm you notice not the broth too- when you're in the soup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving backward may seem like a bad thing, but ultimately it doesn't matter if it puts you where you want to be. Yeah. And it it may be that the way you thought you could go, you couldn't actually go. Yeah. You you may be moving up and like you're moving up into a terminal position. Yeah. A local optima. Yeah. You have to step back. Yeah. And maybe even leave and take a lower position somewhere else for that opportunity to move up higher. I mean, I did this. I had a job a while back. I won't say which job because I think some of the people from there may still listen, but you know, I got as high in that company as I could get and they, they paid well. And it was, it, frankly, towards the end, it was very miserable. And I felt very, very trapped there. And one day things went over the line and I turned in my notice uh, before I had something else. Yeah, because it was, it was just at a point where it's like, okay, I can't, I, I can't do this anymore. Now, I don't, I still am not up at that pay scale, uh, but I'm close. I'm close and I work 100% remote. So, like, if we hadn't had the runaway inflation, It'd be great. Yeah. Cause that, I mean, it was like, I'm, I think it's six or seven K a year difference. Well, it's not which bad. Is, is a chunk, but it's like, mm-hmm. dude, I'm not, I'm not having to drive 30 minutes one way into an office. Yeah. I get that. Sit at a desk that hurts me and, you know, have loud coworkers and all this other stuff. Yeah. I, I absolutely like having my home office with my really nice chair. 
I spent some money on this chair. Yeah. Love it. Well, actually, the desk that I had, I'm pretty sure I saw it in Stranger Things. It definitely came from the 70s or 80s. Nice, nice, nice. So the final mistake or bad habit is thinking that you have nothing new to learn. You only have nothing new to learn when you're dead. Yeah. Learning is an important tool for success that is not difficult to master. Like, it's not hard to get good at learning. You just do. Yeah. Well, and I do think that there is there is one thing that people struggle with is that a lot of folks have not had to think about how they learn things. Right? Like they go to school and it's presented to them and they go to they go to college in many cases and it's presented to them and they get out in the workforce and it's presented to them. And if you're trying to do something that people aren't just handing you the stuff on a silver platter, there's a lot of people that do have trouble with that. The biggest thing there is, is you just go out and you try to learn and you're going to figure it out. You know, you, f- you figure out how you learn. And if you're not interested in learning new skills, then you're going to fall behind other people who are willing to learn new skills. Okay. We're in tech. That's just the way it is. It's always been like this and it's faster than it's ever been before. <laughs> you, you have no hope if you cannot retool and relearn. Yeah. We're, we're constantly like our industry is constantly growing and changing. You're never going to learn it all, man. Even within your own like niche, like your language, your framework, your area within that language. Yeah. Or or if you stay at the same company for 40 years, there will periodically be something that you learn that surprises you because you're not all, you're not omnipotent. Yeah. The consistent drive to learn more and get better is what is going to put you ahead of the crowd because most people don't actually do that. There's a lot of people that they give a little bit of lip service to it and they they'll learn when they absolutely have to, but they aren't going to, they're going to continue doing it all the time. So guys, these are broad general habits that you should avoid in order to be successful. Your particular experience with them may not be the same as everyone else's, but the ideas are still the same. Examine yourself. Even if you are successful, and see which of these habits you're still clinging to in your life. Then take time and make a plan to drop that habit and then replace it with a positive one. Yeah. And if you happen to be interested in the positive habits that you could replace it with, uh, we've actually got that in the aftercast. We're going to be discussing Stephen Covey's seven habits of highly effective people. Show up there and listen because it's there. Titanfall. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Standby for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. For references, show notes, and extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Help us make the show possible by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. You'll get extras, including a weekly aftercast where we discuss the topic of the week and bonus material with some of our patrons. You can also follow us on Twitter at CompleteDevPod, like our page on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram to keep up with news about the show. Join the conversation anytime via Slack by signing up at slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.